Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm very excited to have with me Dawn Cloud Alter. She is a complementary alternative specialist who focuses on healing the whole person. She incorporates CBT, EFT, herbalism, and CBTI modalities based on the individual's need, always connecting the healing of the body and the mind, including the use of herbs and specific supplements and recommendations. She has a BS in human services, a master's in marriage and family therapy, and is a certified EFT practitioner, certified family herbalist, and certified cognitive behavioral therapist for insomnia. Dom was an adjunct at Western Connecticut State University teaching classes on herbalism, and she is an avid gardener. Welcome, Dawn. Oh, hi. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. It's really an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Dawn and I actually met through a project we want to talk about a little bit later, okay. um, but first, I always like to start the show with asking my guests to let us know a little bit about yourself and how it is that you came to be doing the work that you're doing. Okay. Well, I've been around the block a while. Um, I have three grown children and a beautiful two-year-old granddaughter. Uh, so I was raised in a household with parents who love to garden. And my mother was also a writer, but she could also tell you the botanical name of everything around her that was growing or that she planted. And so that was instilled in me at a very, very, very young age. So I grew up with a love of nature, a love of plants, of, of digging in the soil and that whole aspect of it. As I got older, I became interested in the human body and medicine. Um, thought I was going to go into medicine and then ended up switching based on um, an experience I had in terms of, of learning meditation, in terms of going to the other side, in terms of really making the, the decision to work with people um, and helping them heal on an emotional, psychological, and spiritual level. Um, because for me, healing incorporates all of those things. So um, that's where I began. I had a mother who used to say, if you can't easily pronounce what's on the label, don't ingest it and don't put it on your skin. Good advice. <laughs> so so um, she once shared a story with me when I was older about an aunt who was all excited when aluminum foil came out. And my mother's response was, I don't know what you're excited about, it's metal and you're heating it and you're cooking with it. So that's the beginning. Um, and so 
you know, I went to school and I went to graduate school and then um, still always loved to garden. And then um, I had a child who's now 36 years old. And I said, well, you know, Dawn, cuts, scrapes, bruises. Um, there has to be other alternatives for that, you know, once he became a toddler. So I started to do research and uh, basically for the most part, almost pretty much, you know, back in the day when you did research, you had to go to the library. Um, and then I found other individuals who were using herbalism and using it traditionally. Um, I worked with a few Native American um, healers who used herbs, um, you know, studied, took classes and all of that, you know, Rosemary Gladstar and the list goes on and on and on. So um, I went in my kitchen and started making things. And then other people said, well, wow, this is really cool. Can I have some? <laughs> and I said, sure. And it was like, well, wow, this really worked. So, um, you know, I'm really grateful to my upbringing and grateful to my parents um, exposing me to the love of nature and instilling in me that there's a connection, that we're connected to all of it, that we're not separate that our bodies are not, our physical bodies are not separate from our minds, are not separate from our spirits, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, that's how I started and I just kept doing my thing. And here, here I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about how plants, herbs, and how how is that medicine, right? Like traditionally yep. we hear about plant medicine we, and we hear about, some interesting new things that are happening with with old plant medicines. I mean, what what does that even mean? And how are people using plants as medicine? Well, 75 to 80% of the globe today uses plants um, as medicinal medicine to this day um, in terms of what's going on in the globe. So People, surprisingly enough, aside from getting educated, aside from um, becoming ill, having illnesses and experiences, or loved ones having those experiences, and seeking allopathic, which is normal, the normal medical Western way of healing, and found that in many cases for them, it wasn't working. And so they began to seek out other methods, you know, either based on things that they heard or talking to someone in a natural health food store, you know, supplements and that whole process today is a billion dollar business. And a lot of people will still go see their regular physicians today and don't necessarily inform them of all of the things that they're taking or using um, based on probably some fear and some apprehension as to how their regular GP or internist will react to them. So, um, you know, that's, that's that process. And we also know that the pharmaceutical industry, um, when they're able, the pharmaceutical industry, let me explain it this way, when they're able to isolate a specific molecule from a plant, 
because they can't isolate everything but a specific molecule, then they turn that into a drug. An example of that is something called digitalis, which is actually um, used for as a heart medication, but it comes from the foxglove plant. Um, Europeans had herbal knowledge before coming to the Americas and Native American people, indigenous people, um, that was a way of life for them. So um, that introduction was really, really important because when the Europeans arrived, uh, you know, there were many things that they weren't accustomed to or used to. And, um, you know, I don't want to use the term work together, but learned an awful lot from the indigenous people that were here in terms of, you know, what they use from everything from a toothache to um, assisting a woman in childbirth. And so that began to, to grow, more people came over, then you had, you know, midwives and physicians and that whole thing. So, um, and this exists all over the globe, everywhere. I was just reading an article today on herbs that are used in Nigeria. So, you know, like that's, that's the process. And I think where Americans are to a degree, many of them is that um, they're sick and tired of the use of pharmaceuticals that can be harmful to them. Uh, and, and I really think that's it. One of the things I always try to talk about with people, especially young people, is the dandelion. So you're in a city and you're walking around and you're looking down in the crack of cement and here comes a dandelion. People are using Roundup on their lawns, which also enter the water supply, but that's another issue. Um, and they return. Well, we know that the dandelion leaf itself is one of the best natural diuretics known to man and extremely important because it doesn't rob the body of electrolytes. The root is excellent for the liver. Um, and so, you know, people eat dandelion greens or drink dandelion wine. Uh, so as we evolve and as we become more aware, and I think as human beings, we're becoming more aware consciously of a connection our connection to everything else around us. I, ha I happen to be sitting on a screen porch right now. So I'm looking outside it and all I see is all these beautiful trees. Um, you know, that they're, that they're just not there for the sake of being there, that there's a connection there and that they have um, the potential to really assist us and help us heal. My father used to always say to me, I would look down on the ground and I would say, well, you know, what weed is that? And he would say, it's not a weed. We just don't know what it is yet or what it does. It's here on purpose. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's great. I think it's exciting. You're in California, natural paths there are like kicking it. Um, they're able to have been for many, 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 many years. California has always been very open to uh, you know, things like aromatherapy, seeking a naturopath, naturopaths have had, and probably still do, I'm not sure, um, hospital privileges. I'm here in the Northeast, that does not happen, or at least it hasn't happened yet. So um, people are seeking and, and um, getting answers to things that can really assist them.
you know, but herbs like everything else, you know, it's, it's nothing is a one size fits all. So when you're sitting down with a person, you know, you want to know about their constitution, you want to know about their diet, you really want to be specific about any medication they're taking or have taken, um, because they can also be nurturing and tonic and tone the body, but they can also be powerful and poisonous. So um, that's why one of the things I always tell people is, you know, do your research, seek advice and ask questions mm -hmm. um, so that you can empower yourself. So when you work with folks who maybe have, let's say, a, a mental health type diagnosis or, or symptoms like depression or anxiety, it's what we most commonly see nowadays, we're seeing a lot of people with trauma and, and PTSD. Um, how, do you, how can herbs be something that assists someone who might be dealing with some of those issues? Okay, well, the first thing I want to say is when someone makes an appointment before they even get in the door, I send them an eight page form to fill out because I want to know about their um, psychological health, their family history, their health, any medication, um, any trauma, uh, all of it. And I go through all the organs and systems of the body and then I meet the person in person. And because I've been doing this for so long, I have a sense by looking at a person of, of, of um, where they may be coming from and what the issue is. You know what I mean? I may ask to look at their tongue. Um, are they pale? Are they cold? Are they hot? Are they dry? What are their number one complaints? But with depression um, and anxiety, you know, basically for the most part, if you're really struggling with anxiety, you're gonna have depression. I find that the two often go hand in hand. So, um, you know, and find out what type of medication they're, they're on. And it depends on their level of depression. If it's mild depression, sometimes I'll say, you know what, I think you should give St. John's War a try. Again, knowing what type of medication they're on, um, uh, you know, so that we don't make any errors. And for some people who are suffering with mild depression, that can be very, 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 very helpful. Um, I encourage everyone to use adaptogens, regardless of their mental health issue. And adaptogens are basically herbs that are used to um, bring us to a, a homostasis state, a state of balance. So I really love ashwagandha um, because it, I take it. I recommend that people take it. Um, I normally um, don't encourage people to, for the most part, to use things that I haven't used myself personally or recommended to other people. Uh, Tulsi, which is also known as holy basil, has the, just of making a tea out of it, just kind of just chills you out, slows down the mind, um, reduces anxiety. There's nervines, there's skull cap which is very, very good. Um, I often recommend that also with women who are suffering from uh, anxiety uh, with PMS symptoms, because it has the ability just to really, really regulate the nervous system. Uh, goji berry is very, very good for a clear mind. 
I'll talk a little bit more about Kava. Um, let's see. Lavender is another good one. There's this little capsule called Comade. And I forget the company that puts it out. I think it's Nature's Way. But believe it or not, it's this little tiny brown capsule. And there's a little bit of lavender inside. And a lot of people say, Dawn, wow, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that it stopped. It stopped my racing heart. I was a little bit calmer. I was a little less stressed. And so, um, you know, that's also beneficial and extremely, extremely helpful for people. Um, ginseng, depending on the symptoms that the person is having in terms of brain fog, you know, um, go to cola is another one that's very beneficial. So there's a number of different herbs based on the person, the constitution, um, what I see and what I sense in front of me and what they've tried that has been beneficial and, and things that have worked and what, and what has, has not worked for them. So um, let's see, am I missing something? Oh, saffron is huge. The spice, uh, it boosts the neurotransmitter serotonin in the brain. Mm. Now, saffron is one of the most expensive spices in the world. You can actually grow it. Um, and it's not that difficult to grow. So um, that's pretty exciting. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, rhodiola. Mm -hmm. Also very, very good, very beneficial for people. So um, with depression, PTSD, and as far as trauma, you know, there's lowercase trauma, lower T and capital T, we all have trauma. And we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with the world just being where it is right now. We're dealing with issues with the nation just being the way it is. Um, you know, all of us are under a tremendous amount of stress. And so, you know, sometimes it's just saying to a person, you know what, I want you to get some chamomile tea, organic chamomile tea, and um, in some Tulsi, you either have it at the beginning of the day or the middle of the day, just to um, calm you down a little bit. Now, if it's really intense, then I get into other things. Um, I'm a big proponent of CBD, huge. That's more about that, yeah. Well, well, what most people don't realize is the endocannabinoid system exists within us already. And exists in most um, vertebrae and even plants, except insects. <laughs> so, you know, you know, as well as I do, all the studies that have been done as far as the hippocampus and all of that stuff. So, what we know is functioning MRIs show us that CBD activates the region of the brain of the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex, and the hippocampus. And what we also know is that um, oftentimes people who are suffering with intensive PTSD uh, or anxiety have fewer what they call CB1 receptors. And so the CBD boosts that and then increases their level of, of serotonin at the same time, um, you know, really making a difference with that hippocampus. And in some cases they've noticed that the hippocampus itself with many individuals who have suffered from PTSD um, 
and intense trauma anxiety, that the hippocampus tends to be smaller. And what they tend to notice is after using CBD for a period of time, it actually gets larger. Wow. So that's pretty, um, you know, pretty exciting. It's an herb. Cannabis is not new. Right now, they're saying it's been on the planet about 6,000 years. For 5,000 years, it's been used in India medicinally, in India, Egypt, and Asia. So um, it affects our, our endocannabinoid system. It affects our entire body, our immune system, our sense of well-being, the reduction in inflammation. Uh, you hurt yourself, right? So you're playing tennis, you hurt yourself. Um, you hurt your knee, it starts to swell. Um, you lay off it, you take it easy, you put ice on it, and that inflammation begins to reduce. That's based on your endocannabinoid system. So um, nervous system, it even plays a role in your utero development. So I think it's groovy because it's a plant. It's my own bias. But what exists in the plant also exists in us. I think the reason why so many people now are struggling with um, their CB1 receptors not working as properly has to do with a host of things. The environment, the water we drink, um, the food we eat, you know, our bodies can make vitamins, some vitamins on its own. It can't make minerals. The only way for us to really get minerals is from the soil. Mm -hmm. Well, the soil is depleted. In 1935, the U.S. Department of Agriculture actually put out a pamphlet that talked about the amount of minerals decreasing. So, you know, and there's been a whole host of studies on a whole host of things, including in biblical cord blood um, that was done by the Red Cross more than once, where this blood was tested and they found they found residue or elements of chemicals that have been banned for 40 or 50 years yeah. so i believe we're micronutrient starved mm -hmm. and i also sometimes wonder if that blood brain barrier based on all of that the pollution the environment the stress all of it everything together um, has affected that blood brain barrier i don't know but that's what my gut is telling me that, that, um, you know, things are crossing. I mean, look at all the, all the things that we have. We have chronic fatigue. We have fibromyalgia. We have lupus on the, I mean, we have, I mean, it's just anxiety is, is, is intense and rampant. And so I know anxiety well from my own personal experience, because as a younger woman, I was actually agoraphobic and, you know, your audience may not know, but that means I couldn't leave my house. And so, but at that time it was a green bean. They didn't know what they know now. They didn't, whatever. So, um, you know, there's a whole host of things. And in reference to that, I had a, when I first got diagnosed with Lyme, I was bitten by one of those brown recluse spiders. And I was meditating and meditating. So I was on the floor, got bitten by one of those spiders. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. 
complete tissue damage behind my left knee turned completely black. 24 hours went by and I couldn't get out of bed. And, and my husband worked a hundred to travel to work was 110 miles. So he left that morning. I called my sister who lived, who, who lived that same distance. And she came just to drive me two miles up the road to the doctor because I couldn't do it. Wow. And anyway, she did the test, whatever. And, and, uh, you know, when the results came back, she just said, you know, Dawn, this is, this is, been in you for a long time and so um you know having knowledge and understanding of things we also know that Lyme and Lyme co-infections can also cause a host of psychological and emotional and even psychosis um that is still in many ways just a green bean and I'm in Connecticut all right. Yes. The place of Lyme. Um, yes. You know, so, um, you know, I've had it eight times because I'm always out dirt digging. And then eventually what I said is I said, you know what? They're coming to spray cedar on my, uh, all over. <laughs> They're coming to spray it because I can't not not dig in the dirt. Um, you know, COVID, there's just so many things going on. And I'm seeing a lot of people who, you know, COVID just really um, put them in a high state of anxiety and fear. And for some people, um, for many people, it was caused a lot of trauma because, you know, they've known people or have family members who didn't survive it. So um, I always recommend with working with people, number one, we're going to try one thing at a time. If your depression is mild, you know, we may start with some St. John's wort, you know, feel it out. I like extracts and tinctures. Um, you know, see if you notice a difference. Uh, I also recommend supplements because they're extremely, extremely important. Most of us who have suffered with intense trauma or anxiety, especially, um, can oftentimes be low in vitamin D, but really depleted of magnesium. And magnesium is everything. And the one thing most people don't understand is you go have your physical. Prior to that, you go to the lab and they take your blood, right? So you finally come in to see the physician and the physician says, well, no, everything is fine. You know, your levels are fine. Your magnesium levels are fine. It's not the magnesium in your blood. It's the magnesium in your cells. Your regular GP or internist doesn't test for that. And so if someone is saying, Dawn, you know, I'm having difficulty sleeping and, and um, you know, I'm really, really anxious. I often um, recommend that they take magnesium glycinate. And as an herbalist, what I do in that case is I bring them up to a therapeutic dose level. Um, B, vitamin B12, B complex, um, extremely, extremely important. Vitamin D is another one. So these are basic standard supplements that I often recommend 
that people take mm -hmm. because we're just depleted especially when you live in the northeast you know we you know seasonal affective disorder is very real here mm -hmm. um, come winter like right now like all of us are like woo, yeah summertime and the sun is shining um you know it gets dark early they set the clocks back um things like COVID on top of it it just um is really hard and really difficult so um if i was to make a recommendation today period in general i would one of the first things i would recommend that people start taking is ashwagandha yes. and uh tulsi which is holy basil mm -hmm. and you know making it just making it as a tea is is, is really really fantastic um and if others are really suffering from intense anxiety ptsd um i don't know there's been some studies even with schizophrenia and cbd mm -hmm. and um autism mm -hmm. depression of course anxiety um i really encourage people to either seek out a consultation with someone uh and well, you're in California, so you guys probably have dispensaries all over the place. But um, for depression, what happens with what has happened with a lot of people who are on some intense medication for depression when they start using CBD and start using it regularly, many of them are able to cut their medication, their antidepressant medication, in half. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, you know, I just think that's fantastic and that's and that's you know like that's wonderful and it really benefits a lot of people the cbd is cannabis cannabis and marijuana cannabis i'm saying that for the sake of the audience they're the same plant except cbd is non it's not psych psychoactive it only has basically between 0.03 percent of thc and that's why it's legal it does not get you high, just taking CBD. Yeah, there you go. It doesn't get you high. Um, so, and you can take it in a variety of ways. You can take it as a tincture. You can take it as a as a gummy. Gummies take longer because they have to go through your digestive tract. Um, uh, yeah, you know, people use them as salves. They use them as oil or whatever. So, um, you know, I highly recommend that people look into that. If anxiety is an issue for you, however, you have to stay away from high strains of THC because that can induce paranoia and make you more anxious. So when people say, Dawn, I'm suffering from PTSD, I'm suffering from um, anxiety disorder, I always recommend in terms of going to a dispensary, if that's what they do, or growing their own or whatever, um, that they use a one-to-one -one ratio. So it's one part hemp cbd and one part thc and again depending on what else is going on with a person you know if 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 they're receiving allopathic treatment for cancer you know then that's a total different dose that's a total different ball of wax um chronic pain total another different ball of wax you know and some people are just more sensitive to thc in general um but it's beneficial and so many people are using it. So many people are using it and not informing their physicians that they're using it. 
right. they're afraid of, 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 you know, um, the reaction, I guess, or backlash, or if they're fortunate enough to have a cool enough physician to say, hey, you know what, here, here's your card. You know, this is what you're dealing with. And so I love herbalism. I love, I love the earth. I love working with people. Um, I love working with people doing EFT because that affects the neurological system. So when somebody comes and says, Dawn, I'm depressed, or I think I'm depressed, you know, I ask them all the standard questions, you know, how's your sleep, how's your libido, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we go down the list. Um, but I also want to know how their, what, what their diet is like, what they're eating, what they're drinking, um, all of those things. So, um, because they all work together and work in unison with each other. Right. You know, if somebody says, oh, I drink three cans of Red Bull, I go, oh, no wonder you can't sleep. Um, <laughs> and there are other herbs like valerian root, very potent, very powerful for the nervous system, will totally chill you out. Um, I recommend that people take that at night. I talked about skull cap. Um, California poppy is also very good. It's not, it's not um, the addictive opium type poppy. But um, oats is also very good and very beneficial. So, um, you know, I work with people so that we can figure out what will work for them um, and what really makes a difference. And B12 for many people really makes a difference. A number of clients I've said, here you go. They come back a week later and said, Dawn, you know, I felt slight, I felt different in 45 minutes. Or, you know, I'm sleeping better. Um, so that plays a role in it too. Mm -hmm. But I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's really the gift. It's it's not just, you know, when what I find it's like with food, it's the same thing. When you're when you prepare food for someone, your energy, that your love, your caring, that gets transmitted into the dish and it's i think the same way with plants you know like your source the source is really important where are you getting your herbs from and like whose hands are they passing through and all of that i think that's a big part of this that's a huge part of it but in reference to kava which i think is very awesome um there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, kava and your liver, and there was that about comfrey and all of that. But um, knowing where your herbs are sourced, number one, I only recommend that people take or get access to things that are organic, but with kava, which has really been beneficial for many people for anxiety. Um, it's where your things are sourced. Because you can buy kava, but not know where the roots are grown necessarily. You know, all kava is not the same. All chamomile is not the same. Um, all St. John's war is not the same. So that's extremely important um, that, you know, people just take the time and do the research or contact somebody who, um, you know, has an idea or could make a reference. But uh, 
kava, I've seen it work wonders for many, many people. And if people are on it and on it for a period of time, I also recommend that they have their liver enzymes checked, which is really quick, really easy. And, you know, um, I haven't had anybody come back and say, oh, God, don't my liver, because I asked to see that stuff, <laughs> you know, um, that they've had any problem with their liver enzymes. So, um, you know, that's that's been used for thousands of years um, on the Pacific Islands. People use it initially for ceremonial purposes. Um, and, you know, it can really make a difference. But another thing I wanna say, because I think it's very important is that we live in a culture in America and in the Western part of the world where we want a quick fix. Not, oh my God, your mother died. You go to the doctor, you tell your doctor, I think I'm depressed. My mother died two weeks ago and the doctor picks up the pad mm -hmm. to give you a prescription instead of, yeah. you know, give me a second. You know what, Joey, Bring up that list of therapists, especially those that deal with grief. You know what? Here's the list. I want you to call one of these individuals. Call me in a few days or a week. Let me know who you chose and go to a support group. Not that you won't need this. You may need it. But, you know, grief is a process and, and, and we all experience it. It's something none of us can get away from. So it's really about being able to look at each other and help each other, but really take into account the whole person. You know, it's like the whole person. You know all the therapeutic stuff. You're great at what you do. You know, trauma, when you, you know, what happens when you're seven and the cerebellum and, uh, you know, it stays in the brain and the memory and all that stuff. But, you know, how do we teach people? And that's really what we're doing. You know, we're, you and I are, are sitting in front of people, accepting them, taking them from where they're at, regardless of what their issues are. And, and, um, doing that coming from the essence of your being, which I already know that you do, I could tell by the first time I heard your voice. That's what sets them on a road. That's what plants a seed for them to heal themselves. Yes. And so, you know, with herbalism, I wanna educate people so that they can continue to heal themselves, heal their loved ones, um, you know, obtain knowledge and also if the day should come when they need allopathic intervention that their bodies because they've used herbs as tonics or to nurture or you know a chronic issue an acute issue because herbalism works all across the board for all of those things but so that their physical body is in a better state to handle the the allopathic intervention when they receive it mm -hmm. Yes. Because it's about that balance, I think. Yeah. 
Wow, you've given us so much amazing information. I, I just want to comment on uh, my experience too with, with plants and, and herbs is I really feel like they're a gift from the earth for yeah. us and for our healing to feed us and nurture us and help our bodies to heal from the insane reality we live in. Um, yes. Just to share that, you know, you and I had spoken before, um, I too had Lyme disease for many, many years. Um, also was in the Northeast for many years growing up. And um, it was actually herbs were a big Western medicine didn't have anything for me really, except antibiotics that were going to destroy all the good things in my body as well as yes. co-infections. Um, so herbs played a big role. There were other mo modalities and, and stuff, but there were these South American herbs um, that my naturopath that I was right. working with had knew about and they had all had crazy names that I couldn't even pronounce and and like one drop just one, one drop, drop, of, one the, drop. Of, the, of the tincture of this of this herb would create a massive you know die-off reaction which people who have die, yeah know, you know that that's good it doesn't feel good but it's yeah. a good sign because it means that the critters are dying off in your body and they're releasing their neurotoxins and as they die and I mean, and, and the, and the herbs that I was taking to support my liver in dealing with all of that. Um, yeah. and on my nightstand right now, I have ashwagandha, um, and kava kava for sleep, yeah. for help with sleep. And some of the adaptogens that you mentioned, you know, that I, I have them as part of my supplements as well. And so I, as someone who's had firsthand experience, I can say that they, they can play a huge role in healing and in supporting your body in just whatever it is that it's going through, um, how important it is to receive from the earth and the gifts of the earth, um, especially when, and, and the sources, I'm really glad that you talked about that because um, unfortunately, even sometimes with organic food, we know like I'm in California and I know the wind can carry the pesticides, you yeah. know, yeah. from, from the non-organic over to the organic. So really knowing where your stuff is coming from and not just buying it off a supermarket shelf um, yeah. and working with an expert like yourself, because um, I do want to highlight to people, there are things that probably are not supposed to be mixed together. If you're on a Western pharmaceutical and then you yeah. start taking an herb that's working on the same pathways, that could potentially be risky, right? Yes. Very risky and very ha harmful. And, and, the thing about plants is that they're bioavailable, which means our body takes them in like food. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people all the time, I said, you know, even in terms of supplements, if you have to, if you have to take them, try to get them so that they're, um, that not only that, that you know where they're source, but if they're powdered or capsules, because once you capsule an herb, it starts to disintegrate the power of the herb starts to disintegrate so um you know people keep things on the shelves forever so all of those things are important and you know back to lime there's four there's four basic protocols and my guess is you are in one of the heavy duty ones probably um no burner he uses single herbs uh byron white i think um, protocol. There's four protocols: Cowden, Bauer, and White. Um, balance something in Bruner, and Bruner basically just uses one herb at a time. But you were on um, 
I'm going to say, how long did you take it for nine months? Uh, something like that. It was, it was yeah. a while. So you sure. were probably on the Cowardin protocol. Um, mm -hmm. Very potent, literally a drop. And that die off is massive. Mm -hmm. um, another tip in reference to that is if you're bitten by a tick, Doxy can be beneficial for some forms or a form of mine. But basically, if you're bitten, you need to make sure that you get that antibiotic in your system within three days. Because after that, guess what? And I think it's only beneficial for Bartonella. So, you know, and then there's Chinese skullcap, which is also very, I took that, I took Japanese knotweed. And then I lived on adaptogens forever, so much so that, I, that when I went to have an allergy test, the naturopath goes, Dawn, you're coming up with an allergy for mushrooms. I started laugh, laughing. I go, no, 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 Jonathan, this is because I was taking mushrooms every day. So um, your sourcing is very, very important. I just tell people, listen, even the stuff that I tell you, you don't believe me, go look it up. Go look it up. Go look it up. I want you to look it up. I want you to become responsible for taking care of yourself, you know, because then you become empowered mm -hmm. and then, and then, you know, and then you start to learn how to become a critical thinker and question, yes. you know, question things. Mm -hmm. So many of us, Adrienne, are just so afraid to even question our doctor. Yeah. Agreed. You know, I know they, somebody. Yeah, go ahead. Who was, who, who, who's been on high blood pressure medication. And it was like, you know, nitric oxide will really be beneficial. Um, you know, start drinking beet juice. Well, guess what happened? Mm -hmm. Right. So they were able to actually reduce that. So I think my message to people is, you know, don't be afraid, ask questions. You deserve answers. And even if a person doesn't know the answer, that's okay. Hopefully your physician or healthcare provider can actually look at you and say, you know what, I don't know. Um, and not just focus on treating the symptom, but the root cause. Yes. And that's what naturopaths attempt to do. That's what herbalists attempt to do. Well, okay, well, what's, you know, like, is this chronic? Is it acute? No, well, it's chronic. I've been having this issue for five years. Well, okay. So, you know, when did it start? What was happening? What's going on, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, that's an important piece of it. So I want people to know how special they are and that um, the power exists within them to make changes yeah. and, and to learn and to educate themselves for themselves, for the planet and for their families. And, and I think the same is true for us who are like holistic mental health practitioners. You know, we are also interested in the root causes of things and we are working 
inter, you know, body, mind, heart, spirit, all of it is interwoven together. And, yes. and we are looking to empower people. I don't see myself as having the answers. I have questions, I have tools, um, but ultimately I believe every person has within themselves what they require to heal. Yeah. Yes. That's, and that's, and that's really it. That's, that's really, you know, where they're sitting with them until they're able to see the light within themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's, yeah. and that's, and that's, and that's really it. And it's important for us because I have to say this before I go, because I have to, <laughs> because we're healers, because that's who we are. It's often difficult for us to take time for us and to take time to um, be good to ourselves. Because, you know, helpers and healers need to be needed. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. So, you know, that's an important piece too. And, I, you know, I'm a work in progress like everybody else, mm -hmm. like every other person on the planet. I have light, I have shadow. Mm -hmm. And the biggest lesson I've learned is to be able to not to run from the shadow, but to be able to go, oh, Dawn, you know, the girl, this is your shadow side. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there it is. Yeah. And embrace it. And just acknowledge that it's there. I could talk to you for hours. I know. Well, it's, <laughs> I think what you just said is actually a great segue to the very last thing I did want to cover um, today awesome. on the show, which is this wonderful project that you were inspired to create that I heard about and I also wanted to participate in um, this nurses project. Can you tell us a little bit about yes. that? Yes. What happened was I happened to read an, it's a March 2021. I think, yeah, March 2021. The New York Times uh, actually had, in their opinion section, had a video. And in the video, this was a COVID unit. They took the video into the COVID unit with the nurses. And put it this way, three to five men that I know happened to see the same video and told me that they cried when they watched it. I went to go to sleep that night. I'm tossing and turning. The next day, I'm tossing and turning and tossing and turning. And I was always told that when something is bought to you and it leaves you with a restless spirit, it means you need to attempt to do your best to do something about it. So I had this brilliant idea. I said, wow, these nurses, they're, they're those that have children are... are trying to educate their kids at home, you know, because th then everybody was homeschooling and all of that. And, and they're burnt out and they're, and they're not only taking care of patients, they're actually sitting with patients who are dying on a computer with their families because their families couldn't come and even see them, even to say goodbye, those that were transitioning. And so, the toll, the amount of trauma 
and level of intensity that nurses all over the world have been going through. So I, sitting here, <laughs> said, this is not right. Dawn, try to find some clinicians, just totally, like totally, just see if you can find some clinicians who'd be willing to offer five, three individual sessions or group sessions to any nurse um, who has really experienced, you know, either PTSD or anxiety or, or, or um, not wanting to go to work um, and a host of other issues based on being exposed to this kind of heavy duty capital T trauma day in and day out, day in and day out, going home, doing a 12 hour shift, sleeping for four hours, because some of them were doing that and then returning. And so, um, you know, we tried getting that out to hospitals. Of course, hospitals are now huge corporations now, not like back in the day, um, even speaking to nurses privately that said, Dawn, it's a wonderful idea. Many of us are leaving the profession in droves, um, you know, try to get the word out to any nurse who would like to receive this at no cost to them. So the website is still up, nursingproject.org. So if there is a nurse out there who is still interested, the person that they would call is me. And so, you know, we would talk directly and then I would match them up with a clinician or if they're interested in a group, because you also volunteered to do a wonderful like six week program that includes all the kind of stuff we were talking about. Um, you know, mindfulness, EFT, all of it um, to be of assistance to them. So um, we got, had a, a PA person um, and, you know, that was somewhat helpful, but it's still really hard and very difficult, you know, to really get the word out. And, and um, you know, people are fearful and apprehensive because they don't want people necessarily to find out that this whole program is confidential. So the website is still up. So if there are any nurses um, anywhere that are interested, go to nursingproject.org and you'll see the phone number and give me a call. Wonderful. What a gift. What a gift you have been, not just through the nursing project, but with everything that you're doing and, and, and with all that you've shared with us today, if people want to find out more about your work, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, I'm going to give you the website and um, my email. You ready? Okay, that's alter-nativehealing.com. And um, my email is info at alter hyphen Native Healing. Wonderful. We'll make sure that's in the show notes so everybody knows where they can go to get more All information. Right. Listen, someday I'm going to get to see you in person and give you a big one of these. Oh, yes, I'd love that. All right, Thank sweetheart. you so much, John, for being Thank with you. us today. All right. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Yes. And thank you all for who tuned in today. If you like this podcast, if you found it useful, please do share. 
um, click like, comment, um, rate it, because the more people we get uh, interacting with the podcast, the more it goes out in the world and more people can find it. So please yeah. do help support us with that. Thanks again to Dawn. Thanks to everyone who tuned in and we'll see you next time on Clyde. All right, sweetheart. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.